0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hello, and you're very welcome to this week's podcast. My name is Owen Colgan. How are you getting on? Thank you very much for joining me. Coming up on this week, we're going to be talking about guilt. Do you feel it? Do you ever feel guilty? Do you have any memories of your past that stick with you, that really make you feel guilty about something that you did? Plus, I'll be talking about a few acting auditions that I went for, one in particular that didn't go down too well, and to finish off, I'm going to be asking the question, dogging, have you ever done it, and if so, where do you recommend? All that and more coming up on this week's podcast, but first, a message from our sponsors. I'd like to give a big shout out to everybody that's been supporting this podcast on Patreon, thank you so much for your support, it really means the world to me, and also for everybody that's... Maybe shared the podcast or told their friends down the pub. Have you heard of this lad talking shite? Not bad. Thank you for all that. I really do appreciate it. And also to Golden Big for your continued support. Your delicious jam months continue to rock my world. Delicious flavours. Get stuck in, folks, if you're looking for a nice Sunday treat for yourself. And also, I want to give a big shout out to BCR Construction, who have supported this podcast the last while. And thank you very much for all your support they're looking for tradespeople in the Dublin and surrounding areas so if you're looking to do a bit of trade work get in touch with them welcome welcome to this week's podcast thank you very much for for uh being here for putting your ears around this, whether you're in any part of the world, you could be a fellow over in Zurich, you could be a lad in China, you could be a woman in Colombia, you could be a fella down in Zambia, you could be up there in Sweden, anywhere at all, thank you for listening to this podcast. Hope you keep keeping well, no matter what part of the world you're in. Are you looking forward to Christmas? Are you? Anything, anything special planned? Are you going to get some Christmas presents or are you going to have a bit of turkey or I know... I was shocked to the core the first time I heard that every other country in the world doesn't have turkey for Christmas. That's how naive I was. Still am in plenty of ways, but that's how naive I was about something that's just kind of obvious. Like, of course, different parts of the world, they don't eat turkey. Plenty of places don't even celebrate Christmas. But for some reason in my mind, when I first heard from a Polish lady when I was working in Galway in in a nightclub called Halo... And in the daytime, you'd have to go in and you'd have to clean up all the mess that was left there from the people the night before. The the floors would be stinking of vodka and Red Bull. It'd be all sticky. Um, We'd have to go in there and we'd have to get the buffer out and clean up the floors, and you'd be cleaning up the couches. You might find the odd five or ten euro here or there, which you would handily pocket. But one time we were working around Christmas, and the place, we had about 20 staff in there during the daytime. And I remember talking to this Polish lady, and I said, Are you looking forward to Christmas? And she goes, Yeah, yes, I'm looking forward to Christmas and I said, Um, you know what's what are you getting or what do you what's what sort of things do you be eating on Christmas Day? And she told me she eats fish. And I was like, You don't eat fish. She goes, I do, yeah, I eat fish, Christmas Day. And my mind was absolutely blown. But I suppose every day is a school day, says you, but if I'm to look here on the internet, the most popular Christmas foods, number one is roast potatoes. The classic crispy roast potato came in in first place on the list. And you got to give it to the roast potato. It's such the potato itself. This is another illusion that I had in my head. I thought potatoes were from Ireland. Turns out they're from Peru or somewhere out that way. But we sort of kind of took them for ourselves and we're the symbol of the potato now. But it's an absolute all-rounder vegetable that doesn't get enough credit. You got the uh, potato, roasted potatoes. You have uh, fried potatoes. You have potato slices, chips, boiled potatoes. You have mash. The list goes on. Um, Number two on the list, carrots. Number three, turkey. Number four is the gravy. And five is the stuffing. Anyways, enough talk about food. Um, We're going to talk a small bit about guilt. Do you ever feel guilty for something that you've done maybe years ago, like you might have walked into the shop wrong or somebody said, hey, your sock is caught in your pants there or something, something like that that just sticks with you. And it could be a very small thing or it could be a very big thing like you did years ago. I remember feeling very guilty for, must have been four or five years, when I was in Dublin and I was in Harold's Cross and I was pulling out in the traffic. There was some fellow behind me beeping. He's like, beep, beep, come on, come on. So these, this couple had come over to me and they're like, excuse me, uh, how do you get to Phoenix Park? And I had a vague idea at the time how to get to Phoenix Park, but I didn't want to let them down. I didn't want to be that person that lives there. and like, oh, sorry, I don't know. I don't know anywhere around here. Because then they give you this look where it's kind of like, That lad hasn't a clue what he's doing in in his life. So I was like, "Oh, it's if if you go down, if you go down there and you go left at the very end, and then you kind of it's you keep going, and then you take a right then, and if if you probably you might come across a bridge. I don't know is that is there a bridge there at all? But you keep going past that bridge, anyways, and then it's a massive, massive roundabout there, and go straight through it. But make sure you take the. And I was just. Waffling, and I was taking out the phone as well, and I was kind of looking through the directions. And the fella behind me was beeping, and I'd been giving them directions for about, I'd say four or five minutes. And at the end, then I was, they started looking at me like this guy hasn't a fucking clue what he's talking about. And um, I pulled out quickly, and I was like, sorry, yeah, I don't, I don't actually, I don't, I'm not from here. And they were looking at me because they weren't from Ireland anyway. So I was kind of like, I'm not from here, I'm from Mayo. And they were like, oh, okay, right, no problem, no problem. And that was pretty much it. But I felt guilty for a long, long time after that. And I suppose that's the problem with guilt. It sticks around for the long run sometimes. Um, you know, road rage is another thing you get. You might get uh, guilt for buying the wrong shoes. You might get uh, guilt for not buying shoes. You might get feel guilt for a haircut that you had in the 90s. Or you might feel guilt for something that you said. Uh, I remember Christmas time, I was maybe... Ooh, I was I would have been around maybe in nine or ten, I would say. And I got up in the morning time and every Christmas my mother would got would have got me a uh, like a Christmas surprise. So there was always the thing I asked Santa Claus for. There was always maybe a present from mom and dad and then there was a, a surprise present, which was a lovely little touch. It was never something big, but it was always a little little touch just to sort of spice things up on the day and absolutely it was lovely to be able to get presents in the first place. But I remember... Opening up this present that my mother got me, and it was a Connect Four game. Just a simple Connect Four game. You you throw in your little connectors, and you try to get a line of four. And I woke up that morning, anyways, and uh, I opened up the present. My mother goes, "Do you like that?" And I said to her, "I don't like it. No, no." She was like, "Oh no, do you not like it? No problem. I can bring it back." And I remember saying, "No, I just I don't really like Connect Four. It wasn't really a game that I liked at the time. I was more like a Monopoly boy, or um, you know that game you could get where it was like a surgeon." You'd be sort of taking pieces out of a fella's body and if you took out the wrong piece, it'd start buzzing. Um, Operation, I think the game was called. I was more of a fan of those kind of games or that sort of stuff. But when I got Connect 4, I remember telling my mother, no, I don't like this. And I felt guilty for, oh, even to this day, sometimes when I think back about it, I feel guilty. And I was actually talking to my mother the other day about it. I said, do you remember the time where I got the Kinect uh, 4? And she was like, No. And I was like, yeah, I got remember you got me connect four years and years ago. And um, I remember telling you I didn't like it. And I don't know what happened. To it. I think she, she took it away from me in the finish. But my mother had zero recollection of it. And I took out the phone and I showed her the game and everything. And she's like, I don't remember buying that at all. So it's funny, as well as that with Guild, sometimes you feel like everybody remembers it. But in reality... Probably it's only you carrying that around with you. So I've carried that around with me for the guts of 28 years. My mother didn't even remember it. So, you know, maybe, maybe I shouldn't be feeling guilty at all about it. Maybe I need to knock the guilt on the head altogether. Maybe it's Adam and Eve's fault for giving us guilt in the first place. Maybe that's the origin of guilt, is it? When Adam and Eve were out walking around the gardens of Eden and they were told not to go near the apple and then they bit into the apple and then that's where the guilt started um, another time I felt guilt was this was a pretty bad time but I, I'm kind of over it. I'm, I was over it after a few years but I did feel a lot of guilt there was a time where I borrowed a friend's bike uh, uh, my sister's friend's bike to get into town and I remember cycling into town and I was going in to pick up like a, a movie or a VHS and I left the bike outside the shop and when I came out the bike was gone and I remember calling up my father and I was like oh this isn't going to be good And I said to him, listen, that bike's gone. The bike is gone. And he was like, what? I said, the bike is gone. He goes, what do you mean? It's fucking gone. And I was like, someone stole the bike. I don't know where it is. And I looked up and down the town and I looked everywhere and could never find the bike again. And I thought maybe someone's playing a prank. But the bike never turned up again. And I had to go over to my sister's friend and tell her. And the disappointment in her face when she heard that the bike wasn't coming back and I said I'm so sorry I said the bike stolen I don't don't know where it's gone wasn't my fault now in fairness to her she was so nice about it she didn't care too much and I did replace the bike and by me replacing the bike I mean my parents replaced the bike again I was only about nine or ten at the time maybe maybe a bit more maybe 12 or 13 because I think I was in secondary school at the time but I had a lot of guilt for like a long time at that my father was like you shouldn't be borrowing other people's bikes you should be locking them up and I was like, sure, I'm too young to have a lock for the bike and all this other stuff. And I felt a lot of guilt. So tell me this. Do you ever feel guilt, Anthony? Do you ever um, explore the source of your guilt? Or is it unfound guilt? I sound a bit like fucking Russell Brand here now going on. But we're going to skip on here now from the guilt chat. And we're going to get stuck into a bit of acting audition chat. Now, I never really wanted to get into the acting game. But it happened by accident. And I'm happy that it did happen because I'm enjoying it. But... There was a long period there in Dublin when I was living up there and I was chasing the dream. I was thinking to myself, well, I have to take this career a bit more seriously and I have to see maybe I can start getting into acting auditions and the likes of that. So really what you need is you need to get yourself an agent, an acting agent. That's the first thing you need to do. Otherwise, you won't even hear about auditions for different adverts or different uh, TV shows and stuff like that. So really, the way they kind of put the, the... the block in front of anybody is you need to get yourself an acting agent. And that's what I did. I remember going on to Google or somewhere like that. And I, I went for looking for acting agents, call up a few. They're like, sorry, our books are full. We can't take you on. I got down to a, a particular person on the list and I won't give their name away. But this person anyways started getting me auditions for, for different things. Like it, there was a couple of weird ones where, as I said before, I had to turn up to a uh, a kind of warehouse place and pretend it was a nightclub and dance during the daytime, completely sober, <clears throat> excuse me, completely sober, while people in the background were kind of taking notes, recording me. And then they're like, right, we're going to put somebody on a chair beside you and you have to dance around them. So if you can imagine that, it was extremely embarrassing. But that's the nature of the game, you know. And I had to do a few other ones where I... um I had to talk about ham and milk and stuff like that going, oh, this milk is delicious mmm, plenty more where this came from that sort of thing, you know and it was just you'd be doing jobs where you're like I don't know if this is uh, this is really what the likes of uh, Bill Murray or Brad Pitt or them boys were up to back in the day but nevertheless I ploughed on anyways but there was one particular one actually well there was two but one in particular was my agent said to me would you audition for a show on TV Three at two o'clock in the morning, where you read tarot cards? And I was like, "Was that the show with that fella, the the stocky fella with who reads, pretends he can read people's minds, and he talks to people and talks to people in different realms?" She goes, "That's the one." And I said, "Well, I don't genuinely believe I can do that." Now the fella who was on TV Three, I used to watch that show, and he was very good at um, I don't know pretending or at least given the illusion that he could talk to people in the next world. Um, but I don't believe I can do that. So I said to my agent, I was like, I, I, I can't audition for that. And that was pretty much the end of my relationship with that um, agent because I couldn't be going on the phone talking to grannies and granddads and, you know, mo- mothers and fathers and saying, oh, yeah, I think I, can, I think I can hear your dead cat talking to me. You know, that stuff, That would that wouldn't have been good. So I decided to go rogue and I uh, joined this company called Fishpond. And if you're ever looking to get an old audition for yourself, that's a great way to go because you don't need an agent. All you need to do is, I think it's like 11 euro a month or maybe 9 euro a month. But I did get uh, plenty of auditions over the years with that company. So that's that's definitely uh, one I definitely would recommend. But there was one time where... Sometimes you'd be told to go to a different location and you'd do your audition there in a room full of people and there'd be other lads there queuing up and everyone would be in and around the same age bracket. But it seemed to me, anytime I was going to these auditions, I always felt like everyone else had a nicer beard or nicer haircut or they had nicer clothes or they had better skin or they looked healthier. All this kind of stuff. But, you know, after a while you kind of get used to it and you kind of start seeing the same faces and you realise there's not too much to it. But there was... One particular time where I drank coffee on the way to one of these auditions and uh, it was a very, very small room. It was like a makeshift sort of fabric, you know, like a makeshift sort of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, those really thin walls you get in, on certain buildings. So it was kind of like thrown up in a space of a few days, it seemed. And we were auditioning for, there was three people who had to audition at the same time because it was a, a advert for, I don't have a clue what it was for, but Anyways, I needed the bathroom right before I, I was meant to go in and do the audition with these two other lads. So I popped into the toilet and the walls were so thin and I was I was trying to fart in there, but I was really trying to let them out slowly and like beep, 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 that kind of stuff. And uh I remember coming out of that uh, that bathroom and everyone was kinda of giving me dirty looks and I was like it's not my fucking fault. You didn't put up the right walls and the door and everything. The whole place was kind of shaking you know? Not because of me, but because of the lack of construction that was put into it. But um that was something that stuck with me because I remember going in for the audition and I felt like I was an outsider because of what I'd done in the bathroom. And people were all kind of giving me side eye. So maybe that was something that never even happened, but in my own mind I was thinking, oh fuck, these people don't like me now. They don't like me because I use the bathroom and I set them all off. Went in anyways, did the audition with two other lads and I have to say I was probably the worst in there. But that's not to say that I'm not brilliant now. So if there's any potential agents out there or anyone looking for a bit of acting work, I'm your boy. Now before we get down to the meat August 2 veg of the situation I want to give a big shout out to Connor Kennedy over there in Zurich, Switzerland God knows what the Swiss to be up to They have it sorted in every way They're part of the European Union but they're not They've got their own rules going on over there But do they? Do they? You'd know, You'd wonder what the Swiss are up to apart from all the chocolate and What are they doing apart from that over there? I'd love to know, I'd love to go over there and have a little look around the place but anyways, big shout out to you, Connor. you're over there, you're a Waterford man. I love the idea of Irish people in random parts of the world, such as Zurich. And, you know, like when you hear stories about, we'll say, you you see a picture or something of an Irish person and they're down in Zambia or they're in, uh, let me see, where else is random, China. Not that they're random, but, you know, it's just nice to see Irish people going in there and spreading the love. And big shout out again to Connor, as I said, over in Zurich. Um... Let's see what uh, what he's saying about the old Swiss people. Well, first of all, he says, we met outside the Brogue around 2am in Cork about 12 years ago and you got a smoke off me. Well, that was back in the day probably when I did smoke. I'm surprised that I even had any on me. But 2am uh, outside the Brogue sounds about right. I used to hang out in Cork all the time and the Brogue, which I think is, I don't know if it's still there anymore, but it's, I think it's on Oliver Plunkett Street, but I could be wrong, but it was a great spot. A great spot for a little late night sessione. Um yeah, big shout out to Connor. That was that was it. You didn't have a question, Connor. I thought you did. Sorry about that. Rory O'Connell. This is a great one. He says, uh, big shout out from Balbao in the Basque country. Big shout out to the Basque living their independent life. Um Bilbao Gales is the name of the club. Big shout out to them boys. I think I might know a fella actually that plays for them. Could be wrong, but is there a fella called Liam Gork who plays for them? If not, I apologise and I take it all back. Um, let me see what you're, at. You're, you're saying to me here. Oh yes, um, a thing to discuss would be deodorant. It's a complete waste of time and money. Bad for the environment also. Completely unnatural thing to use. Think about it. You're right. Couldn't agree with you more, Rory. Rory, sorry. I'm terrible for, I'm terrible for uh, pronouncing names, but it's spelled R-U-A-I-D-H-O-R-I. If that isn't an exotic name, I do know, I do not know what is. It's hard to find an exotic name nowadays. That's certainly one. It's one that you'd have to, you'd have a bit of trouble trying to pronounce it if you're up there in, uh, what you call that place that has the lovely coffees. My memory. This is how bad my memory is. You went, you know that place, Starbucks. You know the way they write the name on the coffee. Anyways um deodorant yeah it is a waste of money i know where you're coming from but at the same time if you're in a position and you're around people and you've got no deodorant on you and you've got a bit of a stink coming out from the armpits you you know i i I completely know where you're coming from i do it's bad for the environment it's a waste of time you know maybe we should all be um we, we should all have our sort of natural smells you know, emanating from our body instead of putting on links or putting on... Well, I'll tell you what I do think is a, is an absolute load of bollocks. All these, like, French companies like Jean-Paul Gaultier and all this kind of crack, you know, and they all go on like, ooh, we have the perfect fragrance for you or David Beckham sprays or George Clooney's. Sp- What's it got to do with George Clooney? Like, if I use George Clooney's spray or his aftershave and I put that on me, Yeah, I'm probably going to smell nice for about two hours. But what then? You know, what's it got to do with George Clooney? Will he call me up? Will he give me some relationship advice? I think not. But I know what you're getting at here, Rory. You're probably saying your name wrong. I feel so bad about that. But um, I feel a bit of guilt. Ooh. But you're saying it's bad for the environment. It is. But I'll tell you something. Recently, I was around people. And... Before I was around them, I noticed that I was... I was inside and I was wearing a shirt and a jacket. So I was kind of... You know, I was sweating quite a lot. So thankfully, in my bag, I had uh, a roll-on. I nearly said a jar of roll-on. But I had a bottle of roll-on. And it helped me out of a tight squeeze. But at the same time, all that stuff, it does block the pores. It stops your body naturally creating whatever fucking smell it creates. So... Do I think we should get rid of them? I think we should, but we need to find out another solution in order to keep, keep the old armpits nice and fresh. Big thanks for the question there, Rory. Now, let's get down to the main cock and balls of this podcast, doggin. Now, do we have any doggin fans out there in the big bad world? Do you like to go to parks or car parks and arrange a meet-up with randomers by email, sometimes by text message, Hop into their car, give them a beep and enjoy the night for the next 20 to 25 minutes. Let me know if you do enjoy that. Have you ever considered it? Do you think it's weird? Maybe you're out for a drive and you decide to pull up in a car park for a rest and as you pull in, a car pulls in behind you and gives you a couple of beeps. You start asking yourself questions. Do they want me to move? No, they want me to hop into the car, shake hands and have some good, clean fun. The actual name Doggan apparently originates from somebody who was out walking their dog and they ended up hopping into someone's car and you know making making love if you want to call it that i don't know i don't know what you call it maybe it's just sex i don't know but there's a there's a whole a whole etiquette about the whole thing that i'm only beginning to discover to discover now for example car signals um interior light is on that means that the people want to be watched the window is half down that means that both of them are up for a bit of oral the window is is fully down it's all good you can hop in quick the door is open yes let's do it tonight it's good to go it's full on um wipers on slow setting take it easy i'm a newbie and the wipers on fast means you want to go full doggy um i'll tell you i actually i accidentally pulled into a car park before and i was just looking for something in the front part of the car the dash part and this was in uh, Phoenix Park, by the way. Not that it matters what park it was in. But didn't I accidentally hit the roof light of the car on? And it kind of flashed a few times. And then uh, between the jigs and the reels, somebody hopped into the, the driver's seat. And she was like, oh, sorry, I thought you were here for the dogging. And I was like, what, what are you talking about here for the dog? I'm just here looking for something in the dash of the car. But anyways, while you're here, let's get to know each other. Let's have a bit of a chat. And we end up chatting for a few hours in... She was big on the, the dogging scene, so between all the jigs and the reels, we, we went dogging up in um, up in, in Phoenix Park. Again, it doesn't matter, but I'm just letting you know that that's sometimes what goes on up there, and it's really great fun, and would I recommend it? You betcha, I would. Just be careful when you're doing it, and make sure that it's someone else's car you're getting into, and obviously do not overstay your welcome, because I find that once all the fun has been had, If you sit in the back seat and try to start a conversation, they don't really want to talk to you. They don't want to have you in the car at that point. So you're as well to just injure yourself, shake hands with them after, tell them you're going to leave and then thank them for everything that they've done for you. I could be completely wrong on this, but I do kind of feel like the new generation of people are much more liberated with their sexuality and going dogging wouldn't even be a big thing for them. But for people like myself who are getting on in life, says you even though I'm not really. But sometimes I try to... Uh, sometimes I think that I'm getting on or maybe I'm losing touch or maybe I'm not as not as cool or open-minded as the young, fresh people coming through in the sense of many different things. And, you know, I was, I was talking earlier about the old guilt situation and even you might have a bit of Catholic guilt when it comes to even kissing your partner in public. But something like dogging probably isn't even a big deal for people anymore. So... There might be people out there listening to this now thinking, your man's on about dogging, Try to be out dogging every day of the week? But um, if you do go out dogging, as I said, there's a few different rules, but I went on to Somerset Live, which is a newspaper in England, and they have apparently an official guidebook to dogging, and the first rule is, it may seem pretty obvious, but you must wear a johnny. Rule number two is do not dog in front of children or unsuspecting passengers by. Well, of course you don't do it in front of children. But I mean, if you're passing by, if there's a fellow walking past the window of your car and he's having to look in, guess what? He's looking into your area. He shouldn't be looking in the window. Now, I know tinted windows might be the way to go if you do decide to go dogging. But I think they're illegal nowadays. So I just, you know, it could be a little thing to look into. I don't know. Um, refrain from disturbing the peace or attracting attention of course you refrain from attracting attention but again if you want to look in the window have a look everyone should remain anonymous no one should reveal their identity of other doggers and you should create a dogging name oh I like that a dogging name what could it be for me Um, I'd like it to be something like um, dirty dog or something like that or big dog or something, something that kind of insinuates it that I'm good to go um, tip number five do not destroy public property or trespass on private property of course you you do not go dogging on someone else's land but you can always hop into a field ask the farmer sorry do you mind if I go dogging in this field see what he has to say for himself he might end up enjoying it or even joining you I should say Um, tidy up after yourself of course you have to tidy up after yourself keep the place green global warming and all that stuff and number seven, legally driving and parking should always be practised. Yeah, of course, you don't want to be parked in double yellow lines and then have the bloody fella coming over to you, giving you penalty points just because you want to hop into the back seat of someone's car and have sex with them. Agree a signal or safe word in case any of you want to stop. That's a great a great idea. Just, for example, I would say for myself, uh, beep, beep. That's a great way for me to sort of say, OK, let's stop this right now, Um I'm not going to keep going through all the different rules, but um, one of the final two are don't leave on headlights when you have arrived at your dogging location. I know a lot of people stay in their cars. They keep flashing the lights. No, don't be flashing the lights when I pull in, please. As I said before, you're drawing attention to us. I know if you're parked up in any sort of park at night time, you know, especially if it's after 10 o'clock. I mean, I know what you're there for. So just chill. Don't worry. I'll pull up behind you. I'll give you a couple of beeps. Then... I'll hop into your car as I said. Sorry, I don't have, I've got a couple of boxes in the back seat, so I can't let you into the car. And the final one is when you're finished, drive around for a bit of a chat or stop for food and make sure you're not being followed. And I find one of the best uh, tips for me, not that I could talk, I'm just saying, in case I was to go again, um, is that try to sort of create a dogging world around a chipper or a fast food truck or something like that. And before you go, dog, and call into the person that's working in the chipper van and say, "Hey, how are you getting on? What's your name? Can I get your email address? You know, give a bit of contact information. Share it back and forth, and it creates somebody to look and ask him as well or her. Say, listen, do you mind looking after me tonight? Just keep an eye out for me. Keep an eye on the car, and then that way there's a not only there's a bit of security, but then you can go and have your fun. And after you have finished having your fun, you can go in and say, listen, can you give me a bag of chips and a quarter pounder and do me a small bit of a deal there, will you, please? Anyways, folks, that's all we got time for this week. Thanks so much to everybody that wrote in with questions and got in touch. And I really appreciate everybody supporting this podcast. Thank you so much. And big shout out to the boys in Zurich and Bilbao and everyone across the world. Hope you keep them well. And everyone in Ireland is thinking about you. Bye bye.